hey, if you're here, you're in the right place. I'm Tyler Freeland, and welcome to the Brandex Cleveland Podcast, a forum where expert voices come together, united for one purpose, to help businesses and causes survive, and ultimately find success through crisis. And we have a little bit of fun along the way. You can find this episode, as well as previous episodes, at brandxcleveland.com. That's brandxcleveland.com. On this episode of the Brandex Cleveland Podcast, I sat down with founder and president of CMT Consulting, Christine Torek. During our conversation, Christine, along with Charlene Coughlin and I, discussed the ins and outs and even the do-nots of media planning. We also discussed CMT's science-driven approach, the importance of social media, client-partner relationships, and a little bit about her experience in the television industry. There's a lot of good stuff to unpack here. I learned a lot. You'll learn a lot too. So grab a glass of wine, adjust your earbuds. Here is Christine Torek on the brand seat. Okay, so I'm Christine Torek. Uh, My role is media buying and planning. Uh, The company is CMT Consulting. We're a media buying and planning firm located in Lakewood, Ohio. And the first word that comes to mind, oh, I would say energetic. Awesome. And then how did you start CMT? Why did you start it? And how has it evolved? So all great questions. How did I start CMT? I spent the beginning of my career working for really large advertising agencies as a media buyer planner, and then worked my way up to being a media director. Uh, And then I was plucked away from a large firm here in town to go into television sales and go on the venture side of the business, intrigued Mm -hmm. by making more money than what the average media buyer and planner just starting out of college makes. And I spent 10 years doing that and I loved sales and found my niche there. I worked for Fox Television, I worked for ABC. And then I got married and had kids and I wanted to work a more flexible schedule. So I went back to the agency side of the business And I started using my sales skills um, and my background in media buying and planning to work with large firms in closing, you know, creative firms and closing media business, web development companies Mm -hmm. and closing media business. And so we kind of, just like what we're doing with Brand X, we pooled our collective skills together, not at the level of what this is and not with the same level of talent that we are bringing to the table here, but some of that idea and then that just evolved into pulling in my own clients and so i think that cmt has grown because we have the ability to engage with clients at whatever level they need us sometimes it's just strategy sometimes it's full media buying and planning sometimes it's just a competitive analysis so i think we've grown just being niche in what we do and Mm -hmm. being able to be nimble and offering what clients need Awesome. And I look forward to, I have a question about the, your TV industry past too. So I look sure. forward to getting into that. What does a media and advertising consulting firm do? Sure. So our job is to take the beautiful creative that a twist would create and make sure mm-hmm. that a customer sees it in the right mindset to buy. So our, our role, I always say, if we can put beautiful creative that can create a conversion for a client in the mindset in front of a person when they're engaging with advertising, Mm -hmm. um, where they live, where they work, and where they play, we can be successful at the right reach and frequency of times that they see it. And so we work in both traditional and digital uh, media. When I started in this business, I'm embarrassed to admit because if you could see me, you would know I look like I'm 25. But when I started, there was TV, radio, Mm -hmm. outdoor, print, 
meaning magazine and newspaper and yellow pages. Bus advertising, that was about it. So if you think of how the industry has evolved and as consumers, how we engage with advertising now, it's limitless between social, mm -hmm. digital, traditional, and so forth. So our job is to make sure that whoever the demographic is of the consumer that our customer is trying to reach, that they see that message. And with mm -hmm. the good creative we have, then that elicits a response or engagement. And what is, what is that relationship between media and creative? Like, what is its importance? How does it, how does the creative fit into a certain type of media or, right. or how do you fit that into the box, the right shape for the right size? Yeah. Well, it's so, it's so important. That's why we've had such a great relationship partnering with Twist because mm -hmm. look, I can put an ad in front of someone in any mindset that they're in and at any time of the day. You can day part digital creative so that it's seen or heard when someone's looking at the weather and or when the weather changes because they're interested. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many different things you can do now to target. But if that creative isn't compelling and it doesn't meet that, that individual in the right mindset, it doesn't work. It doesn't elicit response. So that, mm -hmm. again, is where that live, work, and play. I mean, the type of creative message that we might put on a Facebook ad to reach an, a man who's 25 to 34 years old is very different than how we would speak to them creatively in LinkedIn advertising in a business mm -hmm. mindset which is very different than how a TV commercial might look uh, in ESPN or what have you. So it's really important that the mindset is reached with the person when they're engaging at the right, at the right time. Along with that, what is the relationship that you two share, Twist Creative and CMT shares? What makes that special? Because we're talking about creative and media planning. Right. And then hopefully Charlene is, was about to speak to that. I'm sure she was. Yeah, and, she, and Charlene can probably speak to that as well. I think from my perspective as a media buyer and planner, I think first it starts with good creative and media briefing, being on the same mm -hmm. page and, and collaborating as a team around what's best for the customer. I've spent a lot of time working in larger firms where creative is designed to win an award and they drive mm -hmm. saying we want to do an out of home billboard because they think they can win an award by that creative, that, that mindset or what that ad looks like rather than right. that being the right place to have an ad where that potential customer might be. Had that a lot. Huh. Big newspaper print ads because print it may sometimes in execution for that creative team, their concept came out better in a newspaper ad or a print ad. And then yeah. I've been pushed in a creative firm to, to do a print or a newspaper ad when, let's be frank here, only about 14% of the Cleveland market reads the newspaper. And that's 65 mm -hmm. plus year olds. So I think what's great about our collaboration is, is that it's a, it's a dual team effort to understand, again, that mindset of the customer, where they are, how creative can fit with media and how media fits with creative to make sure mm -hmm. that we get the biggest bang for the dollar for the, for the client. Awesome. And it's also like that mix between art and science. So what we do is obviously very art driven on the twist side and what Christine's doing is very science driven. She's looking at the data. She's looking at who we're trying mm -hmm. to target and how. And sometimes when she sees our creative concept, she'll say to me like, hey, did your team consider a billboard execution because we're trying to reach 40 to 65 year olds who are driving to work every day or whatever it may be. And that's the benefit too of having that relationship where we're not saying, this is the exact media plan that we want because that's right. how we want our creative to be seen. She's coming back and saying, based on what I'm seeing and what I'm reading, here are some ideas outside of what the data is telling her. 
and also just her understanding of our clients mm -hmm. is extremely mm -hmm. important. And that's why I'm often on the phone with Christine or someone from her team talking about this client really needs to see a newspaper ad because their CEO needs to see a newspaper ad. And that's part of the, the magic that needs to happen sometimes on the internal po political side for clients. Yeah. Right. And that's true. It is art and science meeting. I mean, mm -hmm. for sure. And you've probably seen this in your daily life, how you behave. If you've seen the ad, a certain ad in Facebook 10 times, you're going to tune it out. There's a statistical number of times that you want to penetrate someone with an ad before they, they tune that out and you you've lost. So collaborating on, okay, how many iterations of a digital ad do we need? How many iterations of a social ad do we need? How do we lead the customer to engage without tuning us out? All those kinds mm -hmm. of conversations happen as well. Or what are we doing on the PR side yeah. or the organic social side that could also fulfill some potential paid media tactics and bringing all those pieces and parts together saying, hey, we're, we're gonna be shooting a brand video. Can we take that brand video and cut it into tens and 15s to use in social? for both organic and paid. That's where we really want to bring as many people to the table as possible from paid, owned, and earned. Does this kind of separate CMT from the pack that other organizations or companies in your area? Well, I think we're separated for, for that reason. I think we're very data-driven. Mm -hmm. I also think we're relationship-based. There aren't other firms in Ohio that have the relationships that we have with the media, which helps us garner a lot of earned media opportunities, interviews, value add for clients. And I think our other differentiators, having worked inside of the vendor, I know what motivates those vendors to sell. So I know what weeks to buy. I know when they have open inventory. I know if their bottom line is driven by digital versus TV, we leverage that they sell, you know, every television station now is a huge conglomerate that sells mm -hmm. digital, social, search. They're trying to be, in, in, in essence, their own agencies now. So if I know that they're driven by digital bottom line to get their bonus, right? We buy digital from them and we leverage no charge television out of it. So those are the kinds of ins and outs that other um, media buying and planning firms um, wouldn't, I don't think they have those assets. Speaking of those different projects, do you have a, do you have a special client or a special project that kind of sticks out in your mind? Well, I, I could say two. I, said, I think our, one of our favorite clients that we saw good traction with Twist was Northwest Hardwood. I don't think that's a, a B2B slash B2C client that's, that's, that seems like a boring client that, I mean, for lack of a better term, but, you know, it's yeah, a yeah. hard sure. client that you're trying to push in the industry and into architects and, and designers and so forth. And we were hugely successful in thinking out of the box and doing Pinterest advertising, mm -hmm. social advertising. I think what's different there is our ability to take, you know, the B2B industry has always said, trade publications, e-newsletters, very boring. Mm -hmm. They're behind and we use successful B2C approaches in the B2B industry and I think that's successful. Right now, I'm very happy to be working on Union Home Mortgage. They've grown by twofold in the last um, year, working with CMT and doing all their advertising and yeah. new buying planning. We're working now in the Northeast Ohio market, but because of the success that they've had, we're moving to other markets next year. So that's exciting. Wow. They were a, a B2B type approach where they would only push through their loan officers' mortgages in yeah. markets across the country, and we went direct to consumer this year. I don't know. Now if I have a mortgage to rave about. There you go. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen any of their work um, in the area, but we've we've 
been responsible for all of that placement. So what are, what are some of those differences that you see in, from B to B and B to C as far as what works, what kind of media or what type of medium works better for each? So research-based, like Charlene said, and data-driven, that I could tell you that we work with nonprofits like the Cleveland Rape Crisis Center, who mm -hmm. most of their outreach is, and this is a B2C type of approach, it's nonprofit, but right. their outreach is to women 16 to 24 in the inner city who are most susceptible to abuse and rape. Mm -hmm. And we have and we have huge success with Hispanic ads on Twitter. African Americans and Hispanics and minorities typically gravitate in social toward Twitter, which is very different than what we would say for designers for Northwest Hardwood, mm -hmm. who would be probably more in line with Facebook and social. In the B2B space, it's it's a lot of LinkedIn, but mm -hmm. again, they still want to do at old print. It's a lot of men 45 plus in that industry who are used to seeing and holding and feeling a print magazine absolutely to see their ad and they mm -hmm. still want that and and gravitating and getting them from that to a more digital mindset has been difficult but we've had huge success in doing that what would you say to those those individuals like a manufacturer who you know is looking at linkedin we're suggesting linkedin or something of that nature and they're saying uh eh, can I really find success in that? I'd say, give me six months. That's give me awesome. Six months. That's all I need. Give me six months. Get Twist and their creative team to develop a conversion-friendly landing page that I can drive tra traffic to with a collaboration between the two of us of the type of creative that we need. I'll pick the channels. We'll let Twist develop the creative. Give me six months. Mm. And your result will be twofold of what you're getting now, and we can track it. Pretty awesome. And that's what we did with Northwest. We took them from almost all trade pubs. I think then the trade buy became 25% of the total buy, if I remember correctly. Digital was 75% digital display, mm -hmm. um, paid content, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Facebook, I think, if I'm remembering it all correctly. Right. And then we layered PR on top of it. Right. Um, and they saw... Yep, we had landing pages, we had a website, a brand new website that we were launching, we had promotional materials that we were pushing out, and that brought everything together, and it added new audiences to the mix for them they hadn't really considered previously, um, and that was all based on research, both media research as well as their, we actually interviewed their customers. How does the use of, you know, the building impactful relationships actually build an impactful media plan. I think having a good working relationship where you understand the mindset of twist process. So what your process is ingrained in, how you think about things as a team. First of all, it cuts down on the hours it takes to, to up, you know, to onboard someone every single time when you have a good working relationship, which saves clients money for sure. I think that it saves money and it's also efficient because at the end of the day, when we have a conversation, Charlene knows what I'm going to do next. We know the next step. We know that the, what the tactics will be. We can easily communicate back and forth about specs and, and how things operate. So I think from efficiency perspective and hours, bluntly, I think that's really, really important. I also think when you get in a good groove with a creative partner, you're more creative. They challenge you to become more creative and think out of the box. And I think that's important, you know, because I have some partners that I work with that the creative kind of is always looking the same. So if Twist, you know, when they come up with a really super cool idea, I'm like, oh my God, mm -hmm. how do we execute that to the customer so that they see it and feel it differently than they did before? 
So I think mm -hmm. efficiency and I think creativity are the two big. Awesome. Yeah, and I would say there's a level of trust between mm -hmm. the or two teams where Christine knows how to push us. I know how to push Christine and her team. She also knows if I'm asking for something quickly, it's because I really do need it quickly, not just because I'm like playing some sick account person game that we're often known I know that for. Too. Yeah, it's because I really do need a media plan in two weeks, not because I'm trying to be mean. But we also, I'm very aware of how much time that takes to build. Mm -hmm. So I try and be as aware as possible and know like, oh, it's planning season. Maybe I need to give push back on the client and get an extra week or so. Or mm -hmm. yes, client, I understand that you want to do a TV buy, but you don't have the budget for it and you won't be able to get the frequency and the reach that you need. So knowing enough to be dangerous to talk to the client without knowing the mm -hmm. nitty gritty, like I do not know the nitty gritty of a programmatic buy, but I can speak to a programmatic buy. Right. And that's that trust that we have between yeah. each other too, to know that, okay, if I need to go into a meeting, on behalf of Christine and her team, I can, or someone else from our team can, and we can, we can pull it off, and then we can come back and report. Do these relationships usually last? I don't know how long it has Twist been, you know, working with CMT, but do they usually last this long? We've been working together now two four. years. No, longer than Three that. Three years. Three or okay. four, I think. Oh, all right. Don't forget those yes. first two. Come along. I know. Sorry, who knew? Arlene's usually pretty good at getting the years down too. She'll even yeah. she always goes, was it two? Was it's it not been three? four years. It's been too it's been too much fun is what it's been. And I mean, let's get to the good. bottom line here. This is supposed to be fun. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, this is a fun industry. We have fun. Mm -hmm. We have fun together. We have fun with our clients. We have fun talking about how we can make them more money, how we can grow their businesses, how we can be creative together as a team, how we can be creative for them. Mm -hmm. It's fun, mm -hmm. you know? So that's why you forgot. Maybe it's been three. It's not been two. It's, it's been three because I've been managing director for three and a half years. Okay. Well, it was the best so. decision you made working with CMT. There you go. Decision we made working with Twist. Yep, <laughs> there we go. Well, and I think the other benefit of our teams working together is we know a lot of the same people. Yeah. We know how to leverage relationships. We love thinking of who can we go after as far as new business goes and who can we really make an impact for in the market. And I don't see that from a lot of other teams. Mm -mm. No, I think we're fairly aggressive. I would say in, in all aspects of what we do, aggressive in trying to come up with good creative concepts on your end, aggressive in negotiating good deals for our clients with vendors on our end, aggressive in the marketplace. You know, we want to grow with our clients. So what do you miss about the, the television industry, Christine? Nothing. Nothing? You know, I, I feel like um, there's aspects of the TV industry that I liked. I love yeah. being in sales. But yeah. TV is a very flat, one-option tactic. And hmm. what I love, I love sales and I love working with clients and customer service. But what yeah. I really love is putting together a comprehensive strategy that fires on all cylinders with a creative team, uh -huh. brand planners and video and all of that mm -hmm. to come up with a, a really comprehensive campaign that delivers for a customer. And when you're working in TV, you're working in TV. So there are parts of it that I love and I'm, I'm glad I yeah. did that for a long time. I've got great relationships 
that I leverage now on behalf of my customers. But I think what we do, all of us together as a team creatively is what's fun. So I, I don't miss it. And the industry's changed. And I don't know that broadcast television, frankly, has caught up with those changes. I've said that, I don't know if I told you this, Charlene, but I was talking this week. If you look at, I'm getting a little nitty gritty here, Tyler, sorry, but- No, that's perfect. Television ratings- It's a conversation. Yeah, so television ratings are derived from putts or people using television numbers. So there's a volume of people watching TV and then there's a percentage of those people that are certain demographics, right? There's women 25 to 54 and men 25. So that's what ratings or Nielsen ratings, Comscore ratings are. And if you look at what's happened during the pandemic, putts for broadcast regular television have gone up significantly. Local news ratings have gone up significantly. Time shifted a little bit. The 8 a.m. hours a little bit, you know, higher rated and more people are watching. The 5 p.m. because people are stuck at home. And right. I would argue that this would have been the perfect time for the broadcast television industry to leverage that and become mm. relevant again to their customer, which is us. Because if you're living in Ohio, are you gonna watch CNN to see what the governor says about what's happening in, with our schools or what's closed down? Or if Rocky Rivers, you're gonna look at your local news product for that. I don't think they've leveraged that and they've had nine months to do it. So I just find that interesting that, you know, that's what TV I, I don't miss. It's a little bit of a dinosaur. It's still relevant, but I just don't feel like they've evolved. Like we've all had to evolve with digital and, and that type of thing. Right. But are there any uh, experiences or any things that has, uh, uh, that you've taken over from the television industry into your, into CMT? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think understanding the seasonality of businesses, I think understanding the types of customers that are out there, the verticals of industry that need the most help based on their spends, but based on also, you know, TV stations going direct to customers when they really need help with strategy. You know, the old sell would be, I can put your face on TV. You know, well, there's a lot more to a strategy than yeah. seeing yourself on TV. And so I learned a lot. I mean, if you think mm -hmm. about the automotive industry, I'm an expert because about 68% when I was there of a television station's revenue was derived from automotive. That's a lot. So as the automotive industry goes, the TV industry goes. And it's still pretty much like Jeez. that, 60% now. So I learned a lot about different industries, mostly B2C mm -hmm. industries. Then I learned a lot about digital. And television stations were some of the first in, some of the first in the industry to have websites and have you know news information and that type right. of thing. So I learned I was kind of on the forefront of digital working in television. What is the most important piece of media either upcoming or that we have right now that uh, clients can leverage? I would say in the next year, it's gonna continue to be driven by digital marketing uh, and social. I mean, it depends on the client, but at the end of the day, I just remarked this to a customer today. I guess, Tyler, what percent of adults 25 to 34 years old get their news from social media? 85%? 78, pretty close. Oh, and okay. since social media is not governed right. by anybody, not uh, yet. Any governing body, you know, the evolution of social media, there will be new platforms that continue to evolve. Mm. I think the younger generations, who I call the aspirational customer, any customer I have, I'm saying, how are you communicating to a 20 to a 25 year old? Because that's your next customer. 
-hmm. that's their means, that demographics means of getting information. So I think social media will continue to be very important. And I think it's our job, all of us collectively, and Charlene and I have talked about this, is understanding and learning how that's evolving, what's changing, um, and so on. So I think social media is a place to look. You think it's harder to get a, f a foothold or a, or a grasp because it's, I mean, there's a different, I guess I, there isn't a different app every day or a different social media platform, but I guess these things are, they're still changing. They're still expanding. Yeah. The user, the user experience is still changing. Is it hard to get a grasp on that or to keep up with that? I think it can be. Our team, we are constantly doing seminars and sending my team to seminars. We subscribe to three different databases of research. The, the most, I think most know, and Charlie knows is eMarketer. That's all things digital and information. I think that's something else important to note that Charlie and I collaborate on research all the time. Mm -hmm. So you do the best you can. What's most interesting to note is, is that, you know, I have a lot of customers ask me about advertising on TikTok or Spotify. Mm -hmm. Many of right. those platforms, it takes years for them to have the ability to target at the level that we would need to have mm. podcasts, for example. You can't really target on a podcast right now a specific right. demographic down to a, a man, 18 to 24, who's in the, in, in the market to buy a home, to get a home loan. Not possible. Right. So you have to, you know, for the purposes of what we do, which is more regional, Midwest, or regional marketing, we do big national campaigns as well. Some of those platforms mm -hmm. just don't make sense because there's a lot of waste because they still don't have the ability to target the way we'd like. Well, and I would say, too, it's where are we at in the, the sales funnel? Are yeah. we at awareness or are we trying to drive sales? Um, if we're trying to just have a general awareness campaign out, then we might suggest something like, a TikTok campaign because we know eventually they'll move from awareness yeah. into education and into consideration and hopefully purchase. But if we need purchases today or people to go visit a location today, we need to really get super granular and target people where they are when they're ready to purchase right away. Right. So that's another thing we collaborate on a lot, I yeah. would say, is where are we at in the process? what's our awareness message versus what's our sales message and what's the different tactics for each of those. Cause what we say for awareness is not what we're going to say for a sale by today right. kind of message. This is awesome. I'm learning a lot of shit. <laughs> this episode's brand X partner spotlight goes out to SLV public relations led by president Stacy Vassalini. She has over 30 years of experience and connections in the city of Cleveland. She offers expertise in public relations, content marketing, social media strategy and execution, media relations outreach, planning and implementation of desk side editorial meetings, and presentations to national consumer and trade media. She also does writing services, including speech writing, trade show media relations support, corporate communications, crisis communication, and special event planning and management. Basically, if you need something that involves communication, get a hold of Stacy at slvpr.com. That's slvpr.com. So going back to COVID, how has uh, CMT pivoted during the crisis? Yeah, I think, um, so I brought up a client that we flourished. I mean, interest rates are low. Uh, they mm -hmm. continue to be low and they will be low. They're, we're anticipating through the end of third quarter next year. And so if you're in the mortgage industry, they're, you know, re real estate, that's all doing really, really well. I bought um, a house during COVID. Yeah. 
So, yeah. you know, I mean, that's, that's the case. Refis, you know, we, we expect that that will continue. As an agency, I think our pivot was being the best partner we could be to twist our partners as well as our customers. And so because we subscribe to all of these different research tools, we continued weekly, bi-weekly to update. We, we created like a white paper, a big deck of information about how consumer engagement was changing with media. The kinds of things I talked about earlier, you know, people were shifting, mm -hmm. using more television, social media usage was up significantly, streaming television mm -hmm. usage was up significantly. Those kinds of things, when we, they're not billable necessarily, but that's what yeah. customers need and that's what they deserve in that time. So we spent a lot of time just like Twist and collaborating and doing things to help our customers so that when we come out of this, we're ready to hit the ground running um, and be prepared. So really planning on, you know, is there going to be a recession? If there's a recession, what does that look like for our customers? Mm -hmm. How does media engagement change during recession? The first thing clients, like I said, I look like I'm 25, but I've been through a couple of recessions. So the first thing companies want to do, they don't want to cut salespeople. Mm -hmm. They don't want to cut healthcare. They don't want to right. close a building, which mm -hmm. is the biggest mistake you can make. Is that the last thing you want to do? Is that the it's the last thing you want to do? Um, the research shows, and it is proven from mm -hmm. several recessions, that if you continue to market and advertise through a recession, you come out three to four fold over your competition who does not. Why do they? Why do the clients do that? Why do businesses because do that? Because you got to make an investment. You got to take out law. It's tough. It's it's tough. But at the end of the day, if you can market through a recession, your share of voice is double, triple what it would have been because your competition goes silent typically. And so mm -hmm. those kinds of things, we, we try to educate and, and work on that to pivot during the, the pandemic. That's what we've been busy working on. We hired to get ready and train mm -hmm. and kind of shore up those kinds of things. So we use it as a time to learn more, to educate our customers more, to be a handholder and, and a good partner. Yeah, you just said that like last week for me, I think, or the week before, I had a, co a contact that wanted some consumer data trends for the holiday season. She couldn't find them online, so I called Christine, and within like a week, I think we had a report pulled together, and I've sent it to her, and she's digging into it now. Oh, great, yeah. And it's not a current client, it's just a contact that I wanted to mm -hmm. help out that I think could be a good relationship in the future, and she was beyond thankful, because no one else had that data. Fantastic. And this, my next question for, I guess it goes to both of you as well. Does, does anything stick in the advertising world after COVID, after 2020? Hopefully some empathy and some grace. I'm hoping from clients and vendors and because everybody's gone through this together. I also think the need for purpose-driven marketing and brand marketing will stick too because people want stories from brands. You can't sell all the time. You can't sell in a recession necessarily or, you know, when people are losing their jobs or worried about how they're going to pay their bills. But you can, as a brand, be there in a authentic and genuine way to the brand ethos. I agree. There's very, what I learned, what stuck is there's a lack of really good creative out there because if I had to hear in this time, in this challenging time, I think oh, you know, to Charlene's point, there's a lack of a low hum of brands having a real purpose mm -hmm. all the time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and affiliating that with uh, peaks of sales or mm-hmm. whatever. I, I, but I was shocked at the large brands that mm-hmm. every one of them sounded the same. Same, yeah, that's sad. The response was the same. There was yeah. very little response. And that's what stuck with me is partners like A Twist or partners that I work with that I know would come out of this a little differently or have made a little bit of a different approach to react to, you know, think about campaigns like Apple had where there's the nuclear bomb or, you know, those are the kinds of things that are different in a time to respond. I just felt like it was a sea of sameness. Absolutely. um, Where a lot of the same phrases were used and these are all different agencies, right? On behalf of big brands where I felt like I was looking at the same thing, moms hugging kids, talking about, you know, in this time of, in these times, in yeah. this, you know, so that's what stuff, that's what'll stick with me. And I hope it doesn't stick right. going forward. It was exactly the stereotypes that the average person looks at an advertisement and says, that's exactly what I expected them to do or exactly mm-hmm. how I expected them to be. And it lasted too long. Mm-hmm. I would, I would argue. Um, oh, it's Charlie still going on. You can still hear challenging the word challenging yeah. time yeah. and it means nothing. Mm-hmm. They're, Empty. Yeah, and I don't know. Are you got you two are both involved in some nonprofit organizations, right? Why well, I, I made Christine join a board because oh, I wanted her. Yeah. House. So I'm on the board of Providence House and have been for three or four years now. And then a couple of years ago, I really saw a need for the board to transition a little bit. We didn't have a strong external relations team that had the board, at least the committee that had past marketing experience and how to drive awareness tactics. Um, so I asked Christine to join and she also toured and fell in love with the organization as all of us do. And so she's on the external relations committee with me now and we hope we're getting ready to hopefully to relaunch a campaign this year, fingers crossed. And she's been just a huge benefit in some of the conversations we've had around events and how to, in the midst of COVID change fundraising and change the way we're messaging and talking to not just donors, but clients and grant partners and the media and the government. I mean, we have so many different audiences Mm -hmm. we talk to. So she's been a huge, huge asset to our committee in that sense. And we like to go to the events together and have wine and bid on things that we shouldn't bid on. We we might have a little wine. I don't know. We may... We may have almost rare. I mean, Tyler, I'm the only Irish German girl that doesn't drink. How dare you? And <laughs> how close were we to bidding on and winning the Cleveland Indians owner suite at the event two years ago? And we missed. Yeah, we should have. We should have just went for it. It's just money. It's just money. Yeah, you can't take it with you. That's right. I look. I say that all the time. Yeah, it's for a good cause. You say, we all say that to justify some things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I work on a board besides Providence House that's called Womankind that okay. um, helps support women, mostly on the east side and the inner city that are pregnant and don't have a lot of options. Wow. Uh, and then I also work on behalf of the Cleveland Catholic Diocese. And we've been extremely challenged because people can't go to church. And most Mm -hmm. people aren't aware, but the church donates millions of dollars to organizations like Providence House and partners. And if we don't get donations, 
a lot of people don't get food. So yep. we've been really challenged in trying to continue to get people to donate when they're not in the pew and seeing a priest say we need help or what have you. So yeah. it's been very challenging, very challenging. But we're getting through it. I have a few more questions because no, actually, I, I don't really care how long this goes. It's up to you guys. How does CMT break through the clutter of advertising? I think we have the ability to, you know, most agencies that have, that aren't set up like Brand X or like what partnership we have with Twist mm-hmm. are set up and Charlene could speak to this. You know, there's a media buying and planning department. There are television planners and radio planners that plan rating points and plan that. Then they deliver that to the media buyer and say, buy this many points and buy this demographic. Then you have digital buyers who buy digital, none of which of these people ever speak, right? They have their own discipline. They don't look at things macroscopically and understand how a customer engages. They're given, here's your $5,000. You spend your $5,000 on digital. We have the ability to sit as a team because all of us work in all of those disciplines and cut through the clutter and say, okay, what's the best way to use this dollar? And if maybe you go into market and the TV buy isn't turning out to be as efficient as we think, we shift. Whereas if you're working with a big agency, they just end up spending more than what they would need to because they don't communicate with the other side. I know it sounds odd, but it's really the way it goes. Um, Charlie talked about that, I think, in a previous episode. Yeah, so we yeah, and it's it's commission based. Yeah. So they're going to tell you you need a media plan even if you don't need a media plan. Yeah. Because Garnish. that's how they make money and all big agencies are banking on that media buy. Whereas if we're looking at it from a holistic approach, we're saying what's the best paid, owned, and earned option for you. And there could be a time where Christine comes back and says, We did this on Northwest. You said, let's take this budget give a little bit more to PR so that we could do some paid and earned to make sure we had opportunities in both placements versus just one. Yeah. Which is a much better approach to take than just trying to get the commission. Yeah. So I think, I think that part alone is breaking through the clutter because we collaborate very differently than a large shop. I also think, you know, talking about what I did before about how this agency CMT evolved we break through the clutter. I mean, you'll see locally, I don't know who's listening to this, but for Union Home Mortgage, Jimmy Donovan is reading their promos before Indians postseason games saying brought to you by, which is essentially an endorsement oh. by Jimmy Donovan. Mm-hmm. Nobody else could negotiate that. I'm not, I sound like I'm, but they couldn't. So because I know what drives them, because we have relationships, and we have that in Columbus and Cincinnati and, you know, wherever, but so I think the way that we're set up, it's really cool. The way that we're set up as far as how we collaborate with Twist, how we collaborate internally with media buying and planning, and we have fun. Mm-hmm. And then we translate that to a relationship with our vendors. We get a bigger bang and more creative buy for and cut through the clutter. It's not just spots and dots. I say that all the right. time. Because most media buying planning firms are like, we're going to buy 200 rating points. It's going to be at a $180 cost per point, And we've got to meet this cost per point. Mm-hmm. McDonald's operates that way. I worked on that business. Mm-hmm. They, they give you a set thing. you got to make a cost per yeah. point. That's just all there is to it. And we, we just don't operate like that. So seems like there's no relation. It gets to the point where things get too bit so big that there is no relationship anymore. 
I like what you're saying because that's what I was going to say next. So many firms now just buy programmatically and they have a computer due to buy. Uh, as an example, I'm going to throw this out there. There's a television station in town, which there is in every market, that does mm -hmm. a huge rating in the morning. Okay, let's say their rating in the morning for adults 25 to 54 is a 4.0 rating, 4%, which is a good number. And their next closest competitor does a 2.5. So the computer is just going to say, oh, if they're the highest rating and the lowest cost per rating point, I'm going to buy them. But if I'm trying to buy Rolexes, if I'm trying to sell Rolexes, so I'm a jewelry store. All yeah. of their audience is household income of less than 50000 no college education. I know that we could get a better deal. So there's yeah. nuances to doing relationship buying and understanding that a computer just cannot do. And we personally have shied away from that programmatic model because I don't believe in it. I don't think it's a good buy for our customers. Would it be more efficient for us? Sure. Less hours to put a buy together, you know, right. but I, I don't think it does our customers um, a service. I just don't. So I know exactly what stations you're referring to. <laughs> Because we've talked about that. It's, it's interesting, but it's true. It's yeah. a volume, but I can give mm -hmm. you 100 people, but if none of them fall within the target customer, who cares if it's cheap, you know? You're dangerous. <laughs> I've never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> heard other words for you, though. <laughs> I've heard that more than once. And, and go back to, I guess, a close, the closer relationships things becoming more personal. I think that topic has come up a lot. Why did you, or why did CMT choose to join arms with Brand X? Oh, I was so excited. I think there's a lack of that. I think customers want that. I think mm -hmm. they want creativity and a firm that focuses like Twist does on the creative process and brand strategy and helping a customer evolve that strategy into a creative execution. And they think, I think they want a media expert that can collaborate and do that. And the industry has evolved into that. The days of the big firm that has all of it under one roof with overhead of, you know, a big office downtown, I think are over. And you get really good, creative strategy and plans, campaigns, yeah. by not having to do that anymore. I was really excited because I thought it was a great concept. And I love working with the Twist team. Mm -hmm. I just really do. And I I love working with Charlene. You can stop sucking up, Christine. That's very you nice. You don't need to suck up to me. So kind. <laughs> so what's next for CMT? I'll pay you in Tyler. We're taking over the world. Oh, I like that. Yep. See, you are dangerous. Yeah. What's happening? So we are excited about Brand X. We're excited to get in front of customers as a team and work on some new campaigns and some new customers next year. We're growing. So that's exciting. And I'm just, I'm really looking forward to next year. Like I think everybody is. I, I, I think, I think a lot of good is going to come out of next year. I think that sure. customers will be more open to creative ideas because of what's happened. I think there'll be a real excitement about getting back out mm -hmm. there. I just think it's going to be a great year. I really do. Awesome. And when it's all said and done and the laptop officially closes, how do you want to be remembered in this industry? Oh, honestly, as a, as a really good human being that cared about her, her employees and cared about mm -hmm. her clients and cared about her partners. That's what I care about most. 
this is really trite to say terrible. I mean, it's just the truth. I, it's on our website where the money happens if you love what you're doing and you're a good human being. And I, I want my people to be happy when they go home every day. I want my partners to say, Christine gave it her all. And I want my customers to say, we had fun and she worked her ass off for us. That's what I hope well, they said. It's perfect. What's the first word that comes to your mind when you trying to describe yourself? I said energetic earlier. I don't know if that's right. I would say unstoppable maybe. It's very difficult Hell for yeah. me to sit Hell down. Yeah. I don't sit down well. I'm competitive, so I don't stop if there's something oh, yeah. going on.